Joining us now live from our New York studios is John Simon, film critic for the National Review and drama critic for New York Magazine. From our Chicago bureau, Gene Siskel, film critic for the Chicago Tribune and co-host of the syndicated television series At the Movies. And Roger Ebert, co-host of At the Movies and film critic for the Chicago Sun-Times. Mr. Simon, you described The Empire Strikes Back, the second in this trilogy, as malodorous awful, and I understand you're also well able to keep your enthusiasm in check for the third in the trilogy. Why so unkind? I feel they're so bad because they're completely dehumanizing. I th obviously, let's face it, they are for children or for childish adults. They're not for adult mentalities. They are for children, and they're brutalizing children. They're stultifying children. They're making children... Uh, dumber than they need to be. These are the sorts of movies that Disney people should be making and the kinds of movies that Disney made uh, 20, 30 years ago. I think all movies are special effects. Movies are not real. They're two-dimensional. A film goes through the camera, the projector throws the light on the screen, and that makes a special effect. It's a dream. It's an imagination. As to whether this film is good or not, it excited me. It made me laugh. It made me, it made me thrilled. And uh, that's what... That's what a movie like this is for. I also enjoy films by Ingmar Bergman and people like that. I share that taste with Mr. Simon. But I try, I think, in my own movie-going taste to be broad enough to also understand why a bunch of people might want to get together and see a Star Wars movie and enjoy it. and move milkers everywhere welcome to a special bonus episode of blast points this is jason and it's gabe and yep like we said this episode we are turning it over to you folks the listeners we got a ton of voice message re reviews of the last jedi and this episode's all about you folks and what you thought of the movie and you know it's Certainly not a shortage of opinions out there. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of uh, reactions and, uh, yeah, people have opinions about this movie. It's a true Star Wars movie in that, <laughs> in, in every aspect. Yeah, who knew? Who knew? Maybe it was time, you know? It, it's the ring theory in real life. We've gone back to 1999 here, and the the opinions are divided it just the the fun never stops. I think every day there's something, some new excitement to uh, just explore and discover about the Last Jedi. Star Wars fans are going to Star Wars fan. Let's dive into one of our first reviews. This one is from Rodney, 
who also goes by the name Vertebrae Thirty Three. And let's hear what uh, let's hear what Rodney had to say here. Hey, Blast Points, what's going on? This is Vertebrae Thirty Three. Uh, firstly, I wanted to tell you that I absolutely love your podcast, Jason Gabe. Totally kick butt, and uh, happy St. Panaka Day. But I uh, just wanted to let you know that I loved The Last Jedi. It kind of blew my mind. I had some difficulty walking around in the regular world afterwards. found myself in a bed, bath, and beyond with my wife, totally confused, and wasn't sure what was going to happen next. But uh, I absolutely loved it, and I look forward to hearing you guys talk about it for the next two years. Take care. Yeah, thank you, Rodney. That, you know, Gabe, that made me think, what did... After you saw it for the first time, what did you do? Did you like get food or something? Uh, no, I just went out to my car to get my jacket because it was cold in the theater, and then I went back in the theater and watched it again. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't, I didn't have time to to absorb it until I went to bed. For some reason, watching a Star Wars movie for the first time makes me insanely hungry. And there's a Wendy's right by the theater we were at, and I was like, "We have to get Wendy's." <laughs> And I like ate a Wendy's like double cheese like so fast. It was you didn't get a giant fish sandwich. <laughs> I should have asked them if they got any any sweet sweet green milk. Yeah, some green frosties. <laughs> See if if a fast food chain was smart, they'd have you know the giant rubber chicken green green milk frosty. Yeah, McDonald's could have brought the Shamrock Shake back just for Last Jedi if they knew. Wow. Well, next time. Uh, next time. Um, all right, let's go to the next one. This one is from Crispin in New York City. What's, what's Crispin got to say? Hey, Jason and Gabe, this is Crispin from Brooklyn, New York. Uh, I wanted to leave my review of The Last Jedi uh, for Blast Points, the greatest Star Wars podcast in all of the galaxy and beyond. Uh, as a whole, I found The Last Jedi to be thrilling, emotional, and satisfying. Uh, I found the character development, especially Finn and Kylo Ren, and the introduction of new characters like Rose, uh, as well as the complicated return of Luke Skywalker, my hero, who I dressed up as for Halloween in 1977. It all made it worth the wait. Uh, I was a little wary going in of the use of children in any capacity after the insufferable kids in The Phantom Menace, but they actually worked here uh, and provided some great uh, moments of hope, which is a big uh, message here as the film ended. Surely that's not a spoiler. Uh, I was not on board with the Porg hate to begin with, uh, and I uh, was totally uh, not only fine with the way they were using the film, but thought it was great. A little bit of cuteness and a whole lot of humor uh, that worked. Um, Film had some of the most beautifully shot scenes in all of Star Wars, and I want to mention two in particular. Uh, The first, uh, when the speeders break off on Crate and the straight lines of red as they cut through the salt or pulled in different directions. I thought that was gorgeous. Uh, and of course, I'm sure many other people are mentioning Vice Admiral Holdo's decimation of the First Order ships with the jump to light speed. What a staggering, beautiful moment that was. Uh, of course, uh, that brings me to one of my primary issues with the film, uh, is that uh, there were very little... Uh, there, was, there was a big body count, and they talked a lot about the emotional burden of so many deaths, uh, but there were very few repercussions uh, with some of those deaths. Uh, I won't dwell on uh, Poe Dameron kind of, I don't want to say getting off scot-free, but he really, you know, there were no very few repercussions about his, uh, you know, playing a little light and loose with the crews on the bombers and that sort of thing. But the big one for me is uh, 
uh, Holdo's moment of selfless heroism happening uh, after half the escape shuttles were obliterated by the First Order. Uh, it just felt like a long stretch of time uh, where she and everyone in the Resistance knows what's happening, that the the shuttles are being focused on. Uh, it just takes what feels like forever to make that crucial decision. Uh, as it's connected to a greater feeling of needless loss throughout the film, that delay between the first shuttle being hit and what, whatever number they were up to when she turned the ship around seemed interminably long. Uh, all that said, I do love the movie. Uh, as of right now, I'd put it fourth in the canon behind The Empire Strikes Back, A New Hope and The Force Awakens, and just ahead of Rogue One and Return of the Jedi. Uh, okay, move milkers, thanks for all you do for nerds like me. I'm off to spin Star Wars and other galactic funk. Bye, friends. That's great. Thank you, Crispin. Yeah, when Holdo decides to do her kamikaze run, could she have done it earlier? Time slows down when you're watching a Star Wars movie. <laughs> 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 it's really hard to gauge how long anything is. Yeah. So I think that's been my most, the most interesting thing this week is seeing how many people keep revising their reviews each time they see the movie. I've seen so many people who did not like it the first time. And then the second time are like, wait, I think I was wrong. And the other way around, there's been a few people who are like, maybe I liked it more than I should have. But I mean, that's half of the fun, I think. Get something new every time. I would just hate to see someone who had a good time watching it the first time and then read too much nitpicking, you know, online. I've heard yeah. some people be like, you know, Poe Dameron says, what the hell, when his foot goes through the ski speeder. They did say hell in Force Awakens, and Han did say, I'll see you in hell. I mean, it's it's Space Wizards movie. You can't, <laughs> can't get too hung up. But. Yeah. So up next, we have Kathy, who is our, our resident Use the Forks recipe master for BlastPointsPodcast.com. Let's, uh, let's hear what Kathy had to say. Hi, Jason and Gabe. This is Kathy. So I'm calling to leave a voice memo about The Last Jedi. So I, the scenes I really, really, really loved were the scene, the scene with Paige, where Paige dies, uh, Rose's sister. That was so good. Like, everything about it, visually, all the bombs when she's falling, like, everything was so good. I really, really loved that. And I really loved everything in the throne room. Just the fight, but every, the fight was amazing, but everything else, just the way the throne room looked, the Praetorian guards, everything. I loved, loved, loved the throne room. And I also really loved all the red salt. And that was really great, too. Like, everything visually and just I really, really loved that, too. So the problems that I had uh, the first time I saw the film pretty much all went away the second time I saw the film. <laughs> like, um, the bad jokes bothered me the first time because I was like, wait, what? Because just the way it starts out with, um, like, oh, I'll continue to hold for Hux and all that stuff. I was like, oh, what is this? Like, what is happening? Like, <laughs> I was like, I don't know. So I kind of like i don't know the second time i saw it didn't bother me nearly as much it was totally fine like the bad jokes were bad jokes but it was fine and then um also the second time i watched it i hadn't noticed that on the millennium falcon at the end when finn opens the drawer to get the blanket for rose that the jedi texts were in there i don't know how i missed that the first time i saw the film but i noticed it the second time and then i was like oh and like Ray had them and she took them before she left the island and okay so then it didn't bother me that Yoda burned down the forest tree and all that stuff so 
so that was another thing where I after the second time I watched it, um, it was a problem I hit the first time, but not the second time. And then um, also I realized that the island of Aktu, um, that it amplifies the force. So it makes total sense that Yoda could hit Luke with his walking stick. And then when Luke was astral projecting from the island, that he could hug Leia, that he could have a fight with Kylo. Like it made a whole lot more sense. I was like, you know, I don't know. Then it didn't bother me. So I don't know. I've definitely, anybody that didn't like it, anybody that tells me they didn't like it, I recommend that they see it at least one more time because there's a lot of stuff that happens and it's just the type of movie that you really need to see more than once. And the questions I still had though, um, the map to Luke. So Jason, I think the, um, the first time I saw, uh, the force awakens, I sent you a message asking about the map as far as like what you thought, um, about like why there was a map in the first place. And then your thoughts were that Luke created it. And then the force would, you know, once it was time, the force would see that the map got into the right hands. And that was, that's, Kind of what I mean. That is what happened. Except for I don't think that I don't think that Luke created the map. He didn't want to be found. He went there to die. So I still have questions about who created the map. And also C three PO's red arm. They didn't explain that. I'm not too worried about it. But I don't know. I kind of I don't know. I was hoping that there was some like hilarious reason why he had a red arm. But I don't know. I guess not. And then although I mean they, maybe they'll explain it in the next movie. And then also how Maz got Luke's lightsaber in the first place. Like how how she had his lightsaber. So, um, I, I'm looking forward to maybe those questions being answered in the next movie, but if they're not, it's, it's all right. It's not that big a deal. They're not huge burning questions, but, um, and as far as Ray's parents, I, um, I didn't hate that they were nobody cause it's kind of, I don't know. It doesn't, it wasn't what I was expecting for sure, but I'm fine with breaking the Skywalker bloodline. Um, and as far as, you know, dark rises, light rises to meet it and, you know, Kylo getting stronger, pretty much created Ray. So I think that's good too. So anyway, like anything, all the problems that I kind of had with it the first time I watched it, even though I did really love it the first time I watched it, they all went away the second time I watched it. So, um, but yeah, anyway, overall, I really liked The Last Jedi. I'm definitely going to see it again. And yeah, thank you so much. Um, have a happy holidays, you guys. Bye. All right. All right. Thank you, Kathy. So the, the, the 3PO arm, that was in a comic. Yeah, there's a whole comic for that. Um, actually, I was thinking about the map thing the other day, too. And it seems to me that... Lor Santeca made the map and he had the map because Luke probably went to Lor Santeca to figure out how to get to the island in the first place. So it was actually a map to the island, not a map to Luke. And Lor Santeca is probably the only person who knew that Luke asked him where the island was. But then I started thinking about it. Well, why did R2 have the missing piece? He didn't. He had everything else. Because R2 had all the star charts from the Empire. So he basically had a map of the whole galaxy but they didn't know where Luke was until they had the chunk of the map that showed where Luke was. And when they superimposed the chunk of Luke's map over the empire's map of the whole galaxy, they could see where relative to everyone else in the galaxy, Luke's map was. It's just the way when R2 showed it as a whole, it was like they had a map with a hole in it, but probably really it was just like his map overlaid with R2's map and they could figure out where Luke was. And you know, I want to say one more thing. Did you notice, because the Hux joke at the beginning is definitely a point of uh, discussion, but 
if you look at the subtitles that are out of the movie, the joke is even goofier because Poe calls him General Hugs with a G. <laughs> but in the movie with Poe's accent, like you can't really tell. But yeah, he's calling him General Hugs. All right. Well, I'm going to see it tomorrow. So I'm gonna I'm gonna get out the the ear horn for General Hugs. My my interest has been peaked. Maz, how did Maz get the lightsaber? I bet we'll never know. Yeah, there'll be a comic book someday. Here's our next one. This one is from Allison. Hey, Jason and Gabe. This is Allison. I am calling from Boston, Massachusetts. I absolutely love your podcast. It is one of my favorite Star Wars fan anythings. And I loved your Last Jedi reaction. I've already listened to it twice. And I absolutely loved The Last Jedi. I had heard some of the buzz before I went to see it on Thursday that it was going to be very canon-shaking, saga-shaking. And I think I almost over-prepared myself. I started thinking about all of the weirdest, craziest stuff that could conceivably happen. And then when I saw it, I loved it. And I remember thinking... That wasn't that weird. What was so earth-shattering about that or, you know, saga-shattering about that? But then I really started thinking about it and letting it sink in. And a few days later, it kind of really hit me how great that movie was. I mean, I always, you know, when I first saw it, I thought it was great. But how great for the saga that movie was because I felt like what, The Force Awakens did as a movie, which was also fantastic, was it established kind of the story beats that we expect in a Star Wars movie, and it gave them to us, and it showed us what works about them and how significant they are on their own. And it did some surprising, exciting things, but it was more predictably Star Wars and it worked really well as that. And what this movie did was it took all of those story beats and it like broke them down. It like tore them down. But in doing so, in showing us like what happens when it tears that down, it actually got to the heart of what Star Wars is. So it was both more new and more shocking than your average Star Wars movie Star Wars movie but but in doing so it was also more true to what Star Wars is about and what Star Wars can be I don't know if that makes any sense but that's kind of how I feel about the movie right now and it was perfect. I thought that the way that Luke's character went out the choices he made at the end of that movie were so good and so perfect for his character and just so cathartic to watch, I still am in awe. It was excellent. I thought the humor was also so funny and so, like, Star Wars. It felt like how I feel when I'm watching, you know, some of the other movies. It felt like how I felt when I was watching uh, The Force Awakens. A lot of the humor, I felt, had a kind of similar thing going for it. And it felt a lot like the shows, the TV shows, which I love, uh, Clone Wars and Rebels. I thought that both the humor and the real kind of like meaty force stuff that this movie really dug into reminded me of the direction that Star Wars on television has gone in more than once, which was a dream come true for me because I love that kind of storytelling. 
So yeah, it was a great movie. I want to see it again and again and again, and I know I'm just going to love it even more the more that I watch it. Uh, Keep up the amazing show, and I hope you guys are good. May the force be with you. Right. Thank you, Allison. Thank you. It's not that weird, and then you think about it, and it's totally weird. That's Last Jedi. That pretty much sums it up. (laughs) (laughs) Our next one is from Brian. Let's hear what Brian's got going on. Hey, Jason. Hey, Gabe. Uh, This is Liam and Brian from Celine. We just saw Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi. Uh, We're still processing it. It was pretty awesome, but... Pretty tough. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure... I need to see it several more times to really know how I actually feel about it. But the sixth uh, viewing. man, some stuff happened that I just didn't think was going to happen. Luke and, died instead of Leia dying. Uh, yeah, just the sheer like scale of what happened. And like Leia floating in space, that was pretty amazing. And when what was her name, Captain? Whatever drove her oh, spaceship into yeah, the launched the ship while the lightsabers breaking apart oh. and it's just and the fight the fight between Ray and Kylo and Snoke way to way to pump up a bad guy and have him be amount to nothing oh man and also when they kind of just built up Phasma and then she just died instantly after oh. one fight could she be back though she could she yeah. could definitely be back because. That's still floating off somewhere. It didn't blow up, so she could be. She'd come back. <sighs> so it's about I don't know, ten thirty, eleven at night, and I have to think about it. And uh, but overall, a thumbs up. I'm just a little. I'm, I'm mourning Luke. Sad. I mean, he's gonna be back because uh, Yoda foreshadowed it when he came back. So in the next one, Luke's definitely gonna be back as a Force ghost. Oh, and also. The books, Ray had the books, because if you freeze at the right moment, near the end, when Finn opens a drawer, you can see all the books, so she definitely took the books. So they're not gone, they still have the books, so that's just something to talk about. Anyways, I'm going yeah. to go cry for a little bit, and uh, uh, we'll talk to you soon. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Brian and Liam. Yeah, thank you. I, I like that one. You could tell it was recorded right after they saw it because there's like the yeah. exhaustion and yeah, the shock. I know, I know that feeling. <laughs> <laughs> it takes it a lot out of you. I don't know. I don't even know. I think I saw. I saw. I saw a movie. It had Star Wars <laughs> in it. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be okay, everybody. I just <laughs> need some crackers and some water. All right. Let's hear from Emily. Um, hey, hey, Jason and Gabe, it's Emily. Uh, I'm pretty sure I'm dead right now because I just watched The Last Jedi. And, oh, okay. Um, I'm going to assume we don't want to get too spoilery with our first impressions. So, uh, without spoiling anything, I'm just going to say... Ha! I was right about the one thing, wasn't right about the other thing. I was definitely right about that one thing. Y- you know the thing. Uh, and uh, Ryan Johnson is a, an emotionally manipulative jerk. And uh, I, I cried and I laughed and then I, I cried some more and then I laughed while I was crying. 
I'm very emotionally conflicted. Con- I can't even say conflicted. That's how emotionally conflicted I am right now. Um, good night. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that about sums it up. Yeah. Hey, all right. See you guys later. Hey, bye. <laughs> Thanks, Emily. That's probably the best non-spoiler review I could imagine. <laughs> I think I think everything Emily was talking about was actually Master Codebreaker. So <laughs> she gave a, a non-spoiler review in code in honor of Master Codebreaker. <laughs> she was right about that one thing, Master Codebreaker. Not now, lovey. <laughs> I'm on a roll. I'm on a roll. Oh, he has love. He kissed the the dice or whatever. Master Codebreaker. Oh, all right, let's hear from Jacob. And all the rocks fell off. So, uh, Jacob Ames, longtime listener, first time caller. My niece and I just walked out of Last Jedi, and we're talking about it. And Kiki, my niece, wants to say Ray. What were you gonna say? That uh, my favorite part was when Ray. Uh, had hit all the stones and it fell on the one thing. The home house, the the land keepers, the little oh, the, the, when she kept yeah, the story, yeah, when she and they were like she got the rock in half and, and they were like, hit on the why caretakers. Did, why did they hate me so much? She was like, I don't know why. <laughs> that was great. I, so my favorite part is when BB-8 hijacks the ATST. Uh, actually, I love BB-8 all throughout that movie when they put him in the the box, the trash can. He's rolling around, <laughs> running into things. That was great. What else did you like? Who's your favorite character? Finn. Finn's my favorite character. So, all right. On a scale of one to ten, how good was the movie? It's always a ten. It's Star Wars. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's always ten. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> Good stuff. I, another like fresh off the uh, off the press there, right? There's still like they're still in the theater. That's great. <laughs> Slightly dazed. <laughs> they asked me who my favorite character was. I'd probably have to say Master Codebreaker. Yes. Or now we we know his name. Slow and roll. Slow and low. I told those two. It's private <laughs> beach. He's slow and low. Like the Beastie Boys song. Increase the tempo. Okay. No parking on the dance floor. <laughs> I told those two there's no parking on the dance floor. When I have to give you a ticket. <laughs> oh yep, there's two. <laughs> okay. Let's move on with John. Hey Blast Points. Uh in The Last Jedi, Luke. Uh, milks a space chicken and drinks the milk and then pole vaults to catch a fish. So 10 out of 10. (laughs) (laughs) Short and and sweet. Summed it right up. That's all I need. You know, and I I think we were, I don't know if we said that in our review episode, but we meant to say it. All you need right there. Hopefully that's on the DVD cover. When he when he is about to catch the fish and he looks up at Ray, yeah, watch this. <laughs> Here is one from Brandon. Hi, Jason and Gabe. This is Brandon in Phoenix. Here is my review of The Last Jedi after one viewing. I loved the movie. Uh, Luke Skywalker, I thought, was just excellent all around. Thank you, Mark Hamill. 
I'm sad to see the character leave us at the end of the movie, but he did go out like a hero, and it was much more an Obi-Wan-type death than a Captain Kirk in Generations death, so I'm very thankful we got a good send-off for him. Visually, the movie was amazing. Ryan Johnson is a very capable filmmaker, and we saw the evidence of that again here. Some things that I really liked... Uh, the first meeting with Finn and Rose was just uh, all kinds of good. Uh, BB-8, after Luke, is my number one hero of the movie. He could do just about anything, and he's got all the heart and humor that you could ever want. Oh, man. The, the whole thing with Holdo and her sacrifice, that was both moving emotionally, and it had some great visuals and audio, and it's one of the best moments I've seen in any movie. Uh, I'm glad we're getting more Kylo Ren now, and that he's taking over the villain role from Snoke, because I think Kylo's a lot cooler than Snoke. Um, another takeover, sort of, uh, Poe Dameron taking over Leia's position. She basically hands over the reins at the end, and that worked for me. I'm super excited that Rose did not die in the movie. I was scared that she would, but looks like she'll recover in time for Episode 9. Uh, that moment uh, where Leia is visited by Luke, and then Luke shows her Han's dice, that's as close as a meeting of the three as I think we could have gotten, and that moment also really worked for me. I'm a little confused about the size of the fleets and how the Resistance and the Republic seem to have no ships and no support. It, I, I'm hoping that that gets cleared up a little bit later on. I, I would say that this movie, after one viewing, is in my number two slot. It's just behind Return of the Jedi and just ahead of The Empire Strikes Back. I want to see it a lot more times, and I just love it, and I hope that everyone else did too. Uh, I will look forward to hearing all the other reviews. Bye. Well, that's great. That's great. Thank you, Brandon. Yeah, yep, number two. You. Wow, number two slot after one viewing. That's that's powerful. That's some love. I got to think that nine the fleet is going to be bigger. I mean, I, I, I like some of the talk of like, well, this is the time for Lando to come in. Yeah, there's a lot of good reasons for Lando to come in. The whole Lando system. Let's go to Dave in Japan. What is going on with Dave? Let's find out. Wow. That's all I can say in reflecting back upon The Last Jedi. Wow. That word slipped out of my mouth more than a few times. Over the two and a half hours. It was a Gorgeous, gorgeously filmed picture. I laughed. Moments of tears. Joy. It's just a well of emotion. Further enhanced, I guess, by the fact that I was watching it with my family. It was the first time... All of us had gone to see a Star Wars movie together. So it was myself, then next to me was oldest daughter, 
next to her was our son, and then next to him was our youngest, and then my wife on the side with her brother sitting in front of us. And my oldest daughter, who isn't the biggest of the Star biggest Star Wars fan, just fell in love with the movie and she was so impressed. She's like, that director, he's amazing. And she just, all the Leia moments really meant a lot to her because she's, uh, her name, her full name is Shion Leia Hackerson. So she really clues in to Leia because obviously she's got Leia as her middle name. But I'll never forget what she said to me after the movie. She's like, Dad, I can't forget Luke at the end. I want to go see it again. And that was really special to hear her say that. Because I didn't think she would enjoy it as much as my son, even my wife, who doesn't get into Star Wars all that much, was like, I was really good. And our youngest <laughs> and just laughed at the porgs and she laughed at all the cool little things that happened. I was holding her little Kenner, vintage old school Kenner, Darth Vader figure throughout the whole movie. And at the end, the drive home, it was great hearing our two oldest discuss their favorite scenes in the movie. Just a truly golden experience. There's something, though, that, you know, Dave's totally right on. There's something um, really awesome about seeing it with your whole family. And if you're the, the resident Star Wars lunatic of the family, and if the rest of your family is like, you know, that was really good. It's like, yeah, you know, I'm not crazy. <laughs> you're still crazy, but you're just a little acceptedly acceptable crazy they still love me yeah it was fun to see it with the family definitely makes it more special and definitely i'll remember what luke did at the end forever (laughs) and i'm ready to go see it again too so words of wisdom i i made my wife while we were still dating i think i made her go see attack of the clones maybe about five or six times and it wasn't until we were married that she started to tell me her true feelings on attack of the clones (laughs) Why didn't you tell me? It's too much romance. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was too beautiful for her. Yeah. Just made you look bad because you aren't as smooth as Anakin. Nobody is. No. Nobody. Maybe Hayden Christensen. All right. Well, let's move on to Michelle. What's Michelle got going on? Hello. This is Michelle from Chicago-ish. Um, and let, first, let me say that... Um, I'm a fairly new listener, probably within the last two to three months. And, um, I just want you to know that Blast Points has very quickly become my favorite Star Wars podcast. Probably, maybe it took two episodes and, and it was, uh, I had decided you were my favorite. Um, and so thank you and congratulations. And, um, thank you for making me snort laugh pretty much every episode at some point or another. So my feelings on The Last Jedi. Uh, 
I can't. It's so hard to articulate because I have so many feelings. Um, I just, I'm, I'm of the age group that I have seen every Star Wars movie in the theater. So I've been around the block a few times with, with this franchise and, um, I just might, I, I can't recall any time in my life where I have felt such simultaneous, uh, soul crushing mixed with exhilaration mixed with joy i i it's it runs the gamut of emotions and it's it took me it took me by surprise i i thought i was prepared because they warned us it's different it's different but and I thought I was prepared, but I was not prepared. So the soul crushing comes from uh, just, I, well, first let me say that the one thing I wanted from this movie, and there was only one thing that I demanded from this movie, that I did, if I didn't get it, I was going to walk out of there with a uh, a hole in my heart and a piece of my soul forever gone. And if I didn't get a, re a resolution and reunion with Luke and Leia, I, I, w I don't know what I would have done. So thank God they didn't put that off till episode nine because that was my deepest fear that they were trying to put that off. Ugh, so that was a relief. And let me just say that um, we went to the very first showing of the movie it was at six o'clock i'm on central time so uh there was a little featurette that i think they only showed around the country at that very first screening and it was um i don't know if you guys saw it but it was ryan johnson and john williams and they were talking about his scoring and first of all um my son is going to school to be a composer simply because of john williams there's he is his inspiration. So I was already having the feels anyway, and they were showing the scoring session. And during that featurette, when they were showing the scoring session, you heard the orchestra playing Luke and Leia's theme from Return of the Jedi. And I instantaneously burst into tears, just burst into tears. <laughs> like I've like, uh, I couldn't even control my emotions because I knew at that moment why would why else would they be recording that in a session for the movie if we if we were not going to get that reunion. So it was it was a huge wave of emotion before the movie even started. Then the movie started and there were just moments throughout that that made me cry at different levels, but that reunion with Luke and Leia was just so emotional and at the same time just I I just could barely take it honestly and then what happened with Luke very shortly thereafter just I, I, I was I it's it's a level of devastation that I don't understand why I'm feeling for fictional characters <laughs> as a 45 year old adult I don't know why I feel this way but oh my god it just it took my breath away. It just devastated me. 
on the flip side of that, this whole crazy Ray and Kylo thing, relationship or whatever it is, just took me by complete surprise. And I know there are Raylo shippers and there have been since day one, but I thought those people were crazy. I will admit it. I thought they were crazy. I didn't get it. And um, so it's 24 hours after I've seen The Last Jedi, and I pretty much want to apply to be the president of the Raylo shipping fan club. I don't understand myself. I don't get it. I feel like I'm a 12-year-old eighth grader or something. I don't know. But, God, they have chemistry like nobody's business. And um, that whole thing was just so intriguing and so different that it just, it, I, I don't know, it grabbed a hold of me real, real tight. And um, now I'm super into it. So that was another side of the coin that just really... I I couldn't believe what I was feeling. Like I can't believe I'm all for Kylo now. He's he he murdered Han Solo, who I had loved dearly, and now I'm all about it. So I I don't know. I don't even understand what I'm feeling right now at all. Like you said, if I, I should have gone to get a window, I would have jumped through it probably 27 different times watching that movie. But anyway, that's, I've talked a lot, so I'll shut up now. But I just wanted to express to somebody these crazy feelings I'm having oh and it's just I love Star Wars so much no other fictional entity has ever made me feel these feelings so thank you so much for your podcast it is wonderful and um, I look so forward to your first post the last Jedi episode thank you yeah thank you Michelle that's Star Wars will mess you up. <laughs> That's what happens. Everything's going good. Get some new Star Wars. It'll mess you up. Nothing's the same anymore. No, up is down. Left is right. You don't recognize the person in the mirror in the morning. Name. Who are you? What? Call me by my dream name. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Robbie. Robbie from the UK. Our, our friend Robbie in the UK. Let's see what what's Robbie got going on here. Hey, Jason and Gabe, this is Robbie uh, from the UK. Uh, wow, I don't know where to start with uh, my mini review for your your episode. Um, I've seen it twice so far. I've seen The Last Jedi twice. I'm, I'm seeing it tomorrow again, um, and I will be seeing it in hopefully 2D IMAX and 4DX as well, which is with all the sense and all that. Um, but yeah, in terms of the actual movie itself, um, it's, it's, to be honest with you, it's been a bit disheartening because there have been a few negative reviews or, you know, if you base it on the Rotten Tomatoes reviews, uh, the critic score is very, very high, but the, 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 uh, audience score is a bit lower, noticeably lower actually. Um, and it's, I think it's primarily because this is a different Star Wars movie. Tonally, it's very different. And the things that happens with these characters, uh, are challenging and it is not as traditional and as formulaic as previous styles movies, especially Force Awakens. Um, I feel like Rogue One was received more uh, in a high, in high regard because, first of all, I think it was based all around a new hope and coming up to the Death Star, so it was familiar, you know. Um, whereas this, this is all very new with new characters and even though you have the older characters the things that happen in it are very different um ray doesn't really seem to be tempted by the dark side which is something that was really you know thought through 
by lots of people before the movie came out and thought it was going to happen. Um, I didn't really want that to happen because, uh, you know, that's already, we've already seen that story before. We've seen a person who's good and being tempted by the dark side. We've even seen a bit of that in Luke. Um, but we're seeing that with the antagonist in this movie, which is what makes it really interesting. One of the great things I love about The Last Jedi is it's someone being tempted by the light side and getting conflicted and trying to figure themselves out. Um, Ray is less about being tempted by the dark side and more about just figuring out who she is and who she is, is as an individual and where she came from. And I think that's what her story is, not should I be on the dark side or the light side. It's more about just her identity right from the get-go, you know, her origin, which I think is a, a lot more interesting than just doing what we've seen before in Star Wars. Um, in terms of visuals, it's, it's stunning. Like the the, the crate fight uh, battle is... Oh, I mean, the opening shot of all the, the skimmers, as they call them, uh, bringing up the red the, the red salts and everything, and the, the camera shot just keeps going. It doesn't cut or anything, and it goes right onto Poe Dameron, and he's talking. It's all practical, you know, like, obviously a lot of it is practical. A bit of it, the background is CGI, but, you know, and then he's, he's flying it, and it's rickety, and it's old, and then his foot goes through the bottom of it. Like, this is a used, old... Um, machine, you know, fighter, fighter speeder, um, and it's just it was so cool, and the music was incredible and so moving. Um, and the moment when the Falcon comes into play, I know I'm skipping right to the end here. Um, I, I got I got goosebumps. I got so excited because it was basically the Falcon, you know, goes into like the salt mines and the caves and stuff. And the music is an homage to uh, the Tie Fighter attack in A New Hope, so it's got this, it's the same music. It's a slight variation. But it's basically the same thing, and it was so good. Because um, there's certainly enough fresh music in this. That a, a few homages here and there to the old themes is is fine and very welcome, obviously. Um, the story with Ray and Luke, I think, is fantastic. I think Ray is a very interesting character, and the whole the whole scene, the equivalent of the cave, you know, of her going underwater and then coming up and having all those reflections and the clicking and all those things. I'm still trying to figure out what, what exactly that is. And I really like that. But like every time I see it, I think I'm going to get more and more out of it. It's very interpretive. It's not conclusive. And I think if Ryan Johnson was asked, you know, what is that? He'll say, I'm not going to tell you. It's up to your own interpretation. Um, I think it's all about her identity and trying to figure out who she is. Again, that's, that's kind of about her story. Um, but I found that really interesting. Um, seeing Luke drink green juice out of a dragon nipple or whatever it is i don't know what it is it was weird it was weird but funny it, it was it was and then he looks at ray like mm, that was tasty it was it was just funny um, i don't know what it was you know but it's i don't know i kind of liked it because there's a glimpse into what luke's life has been the past um six years he's been on the island obviously we know that that's six years not 30 years based on the uh, bloodline book i believe um that it was revealed um yeah, Luke, yeah, Luke, the whole Luke at the end was great. You know, the 12-year-old in me wanted me to jump, for him to jump onto the AT-80s and ATM-6s and slice them all up with his green saber. But I think emotionally and uh, character arc-wise, it makes more sense for him to confront his, his nephew and basically say, like, I've, I've lost you. I'm, and basically, he's, just, he's saving time for the, the few uh, rebels that are left who have survived this whole ordeal that's happened in the last Jedi with um, Holdo and everyone? So um, that was that was awesome. It was, it was quite brief, but I, it was effective. And I know some people are a bit upset about that, but I was okay with it. I thought it was very emotional, and the fact that you know, the fact that he he sliced through and then he just disappears. And he says, "See you later, kid," and then it cuts to him on the 
on Act Two, and then he he slowly disappears. Like he used all his energy possible to do that in order to save his sister and have that moment with Leia as well. I thought was really moving, and um, him passing away just like his mentor Obi Wan, obviously in Episode Four, and the cloak falling down to the ground. I thought was really poetic and really beautiful and it, it's really, it's sad, but it's also moving, you know, because it ends with the two sons, you know, okay, Aktu, it has two sons as well, sure, why not, it's, it's, it's another planet, but it's okay, um, I thought that was really moving and even though I was sad, I wasn't, I didn't tear up or anything because I know that he's, you know, he's so strong with the force, he's still going to be around, I'm sure he's going to be in episode nine in some capacity, just like Yoda, um, so yeah, I was okay with that, I really enjoyed that. Um, sorry, I know I'm talking a very long time. I'll stop soon. I'm seeing it six minutes. Um, I'll quickly talk about Leia. Leia was awesome. I thought the whole Superman moment that people are calling, I loved it. It's very mixed, but I thought it was very moving, especially with John Williams' theme of, of Princess Leia, and it was a piano form, and you see her hand frozen, it starts to move, and she wakes up. And maybe I'm more moved by it, even more so, because obviously Carrie Fisher has passed away now. But either way, I thought it was very very touching and really beautiful and and she, i mean she has powers with the force why can't she have her moment you know she's it's always been about luke and anakin and all that why can't she have a moment with the force so i thought that was really really moving and touching um yeah I, I, there's very few things that i have problems with like the i feel like the finn's arc is not as interesting as it was in force awakens um i loved rose i, I thought the whole canto bite sequence was was great um i had fun with it but it was where it lulled a little bit for me. It's kind of the equivalent of uh, in Rogue One when they go to, uh, is it Lamu? I can't remember the planet's name, where basically uh, Jin's father is, Jin's father dies. Um, that where it kind of dips for me was the equivalent of that. Um, but really, there's, there's very few things I have wrong with it. Uh, it's a uh, it's a terrific film. Kylo, uh, I won't ramble on. But Kylo Ren was fantastic in this. He was so good. My girl, by the way, my girlfriend is here right now and she's laughing at me silently because I've talked for almost eight minutes now. But <laughs> um, it's um, Kylo Ren is one of my favorite characters. He's so interesting and so complex, and Adam Driver's performance is so good. And that moment when they join forces for the moment to fight the Praetorian Red Guards. Oh, incredible. I think that's the closest we've gotten to like prequel trilogy lightsaber fights in this new trilogy so far. And it was so good. It was, it was, it was just amazing. It's beautifully choreographed. And you see, you actually see Ray get angry at the moment where she's screaming at the Praetorian guards as she's going to attack them. Um, and yeah. Anyway, I'll stop talking. I'm so sorry. Um, I'm sure you'll probably cut this up, but I loved the movie. I really did. I'm seeing it for a third time tomorrow. I'm going to try and reach 10 viewings in the theater like I did with Force Awakens because I like to support it and I love seeing Star Wars movies on the big screen. I hope you guys enjoyed it too. Um, your episode hasn't come out just yet. It's coming out in a few days, but I really hope you enjoy it. And the Space Horses, I hope they lived up to your expectation. Um, okay, thank you so much, guys. Thank you for um, being patient with me and may the Force be with you. Okay, bye. They did, Robbie. Yes. They sh they sure did. <laughs> the Fabiers. Oh, uh, yeah, that was great. Yeah, thank you. I hope, I hope your girlfriend enjoyed it too. And she's not just laughing at you. <laughs> I'm curious what she thought of Master Codebreaker. Yeah, they think there's going to be a lot of uh a lot of breakups after Master Codebreaker. So no one can live up. <laughs> just after he's on the screen, you get a lot of girlfriends, a lot of wives just walking out of the theater. Where are you going? Going to Canto Bite.
up next. Up next, we got Rick Reed. Uh-oh. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Here's Rick Reed. What's up, Jason and Gabe? It's Rick Reed. I just got back from my second viewing of Last Jedi. Almost forgot what it was called. And, man, it's the real business. I loved it. Uh, the first viewing, there was a few things I was a little shaky on as far as the Marvel, a little bit of the Marvel style of humor. But some of that is just like the shock of it when you first see it. It's like, whoa, I don't know if that's funny or I don't know about that. But second viewing, it irons itself right out. Speaking of iron, that's one of the jokes I don't like. But as long as I think of it as a nod to Hardware Wars, we're fine. Okay, top three favorite parts. Number one, obviously, Luke getting blue milk straight from the tap. Uh, yeah, that's what separates the babies from the men when it comes to the, whether you're going to love this movie or not. Uh, I really like that there was a ticking clock plot. And... Uh, even though there was some shadows of Empire in the movie, it didn't follow the same familiar beats, and it was fairly new territory. Uh, it just I really didn't know where it was going, and that was a lot of fun. One of the things I do like, even though, of course, it didn't last forever, we knew the honeymoon wouldn't, but just the fact that that moment that Kylo does turn, we get a nice moment of them teaming up it almost kind of reminded me of like it would have been the cover of like one of the novels of the like jedi twins or something you just get that back-to-back kind of lightsaber duel and it was just nice to have that moment i'm really all about the ending uh i love the fact that it kind of brings it back to almost like Watto with anakin you've got the shopkeeper who's the jerk and the kids kind of interrupts the kids playing with their figures, kind of like us in the sandbox. It's like, I'm Luke Skywalker, Defender of the Galaxy. And it just reinforced that the legend of Luke is going to live on even outside the movies and in the movies. It all still comes down to Luke Skywalker. I'll say that again. Luke Skywalker. Next favorite part, I don't know why, but the part when the the space horses ran through the casino and the little alien lady goes, ah! and sings when she screams that is top shelf and i'm really all about the fact that luke skywalker in his astral projection decides well man i'm gonna look good for this so i'm gonna get a haircut i'm gonna go pick up some just for men and color my beard so i look like chuck norris and i look as bad ass as possible and man i'm telling i could go on forever but you've got other reviews that you have to play so I just want to say, hey, thanks, Blast Points, for always being there. You always lift my spirits every week. Jason and Gabe, I'm super proud of you guys because, man, it ain't easy to pull off a a podcast every week and give as much news and insight as you guys do. Super awesome to see the love spread through the galaxy. You guys are the Jedi Masters. So on that note, Last Jedi, it's dope. It's hot. I love it. You love it. We all love it. May the Force be with you. See ya. (laughs) Thank you, Rick. It's all true. All of it. (laughs) It's true. All of it. Where's my boat? Get on the boat. Get on the boat. So up next, let's hear from Richard and Sarah from Skywalking Through Neverland. Let's see what they got going on. Hey, hey, Jason and Gabe. This is Richard. And this is Sarah. From Skywalking Skywalking Through Neverland. Neverland. (laughs) Hey, thanks, guys, for inviting us on to your Last Jedi review show. 
we're going to focus on just a couple of things. Okay. So, Sarah, what do you want to focus on with The Last Jedi? Okay, so we have seen it twice now. And after that second time around, it was very emotional, but I noticed that a certain character kind of stood out to me a little more than upon first viewing. And that character is Poe. So who talks first? You talk first? I talk first? Because if you think about it, in The Force Awakens, he honestly didn't have that much screen time beyond that first opening. (laughs) And then later, you know, we think he's dead until you see him again back at the Resistance base when when he and and BB-8 are are together again. Mm -hmm. And and he sees the jacket. So then now in The Last Jedi, we actually get a huge character trajectory for Poe. And and, you know, I'm kind of jealous of this actor of Oscar Isaac because he gets scenes with Leia, with Carrie Fisher. He gets scenes with Laura Dern as Amelin Holdo. He, he gets scenes with BB eight who is adorable. And I got to rub his belly the other day. So (laughs) I don't feel as jealous anymore. Wait a minute. Oscar Isaac's belly or BB eight's belly. Oh, um, Never mind. I, 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 I don't want to know. <laughs> I don't want to know. BB-8's we'll, belly. We'll talk later. <laughs> so I just think, um, and then throughout The Last Jedi, Poe, you know, he's a fly boy. He's like, okay, action, you know, Mr. Action, let's do it. What has to be done, let's do it, which is an admirable trait. However, he needs to learn to breathe, just breathe, and become a true leader. And both Amalyn Holdo and Leia show him how to do that. And by the end of the film, he has made that that character trajectory. So in that second viewing, I really, I really got Poe's story. And it's super exciting at the end of the movie when Poe meets Ray. And, you know, they haven't met. It's been almost two films. <laughs> and they, they hadn't really properly met. And, you know, Ray says... Oh, I'm Ray. And he says, I know. <gasps> oh. And we know where that phrase goes Another in Star Wars. Empire Strikes Back callback. Right. I know. He certainly does have a growth and an arc in this film because in the beginning, all he wants to do is blow things up. Yep. Oh, <laughs> typical boys. <laughs> and so, it takes some, some women, some wise women to show him a different path. Always comes down to the women. <laughs> in so this case. That was your big takeaway from The Last Jedi. From the last viewing of it. Now okay. I know as we view it again, I've got the soundtrack now. So <gasps> Wait, what? The soundtrack is out on iTunes. You didn't share that with me? You were busy. So I'm Too busy for a new Star Wars soundtrack? Okay, we're getting off, okay, getting off base. Okay. Getting off base. So next time we'll be about the music. But that, that's what I wanted to say. So Richard... All right. What would you like to focus on in our Blast Points review? I want to talk about another major character, and that's Broom Boy. Oh. When I say, you, mean, you mean the little wizard? When I say major <laughs> character, I don't mean for this film, but for an upcoming film. Oh. So in the very, very end, before we roll credits, we cut to the three little slave kids on Canto Bite. Yes. And they're, they're playing with Star Wars action figures. Of course, Star Wars action figures in-universe, so it's a couple of sticks all sewn together. <laughs> and this is Luke Skywalker, and they're, they're playing, and that's when the big guy comes in and, eh, stop playing, you kids, and get back to work, and they all scatter. And one little boy goes into the stall, and he uses the Force to grab a broom. Yeah. Hence the name Broom Boy. Which I didn't even catch on our first viewing. Oh, I, that was a major... <gasps> With yeah. me. And I, I thought for a couple of seconds, wait a minute, 
the whole saga wasn't really seen by R2 and 3PO. It's being told by these three children. Okay. Who are playing Star Wars. <gasps> Mind blown. But that's not the way it went. That's the way I thought it went okay. for the first viewing. Oh. But these kids had just heard of the myth of Luke Skywalker and were, were playing Star Wars. But now this little boy, he's got the force. He's kind of like Ezra in Rebels. Not a Jedi, just not anything. He's just a very force-sensitive boy. But to the audience, we know that something else is up. Mm-hmm. And he goes out and looks into the stars and sees the ship blast away into hyperspace. That's something we've never seen before because in every in every Star Wars film, it always ends with what? A big group shot or at least four yeah. characters before we, we iris into the written and directed credit. Right, right. You know, that makes me think of a cutscene from A New Hope. Wasn't there supposed to be a scene where Luke looks up into the sky mm-hmm. and sees... These ships, like he sees actually the in the book, runner. in the book, he, that that's a scene. The blockade runner and the star destroyer. Yeah, right. Yeah, that, that's that could be another callback. Wow. So very nice. Now, did you get? Because this boy was in a previous scene, wasn't he, with Rose Tico, and she gave him that ring. That's right. So this boy, he's going to be popping up in future Star Wars films. Well, I don't know about that. I just know that he's a symbolism. He's symbolic of. Maybe boys across the Star Wars galaxy, or boys and girls, obviously, across the Star Wars galaxy that might have some Force powers. Oh, and that's very, very true. But I believe that this boy will be returning in future episode because he is now a symbol. It's not just a throwaway character. He's now a symbol, meaning that there's more Force users in the galaxy who are just peasants. Yeah. And that speaks volumes. And here he is looking out into the stars, kind of like Luke in A New Hope, looking out at the twin suns. Yeah. So that that was my big takeaway. So, Jason and Gabe, thank you very much for having us on Blast Points. And always remember... Never land on Alderaan! All right. Well, thank you, Richard and Sarah. Gabe, what do you do? You think Broom Boy? Do you think he's gonna be? Do you think he'll be back? And I don't know. I could see it, but I mean, if unless Ryan Johnson's messing with us, which I wouldn't put it past him. It sounds like he doesn't know if he's gonna use him, but I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, and that's a good point. Like, I could. My first thought would be no, but then yeah, it's like with Ryan Johnson, expect the unexpected. Yeah. Expect the unexpected, everybody. Yeah, we'll find out that that's. Snoke, and then he grows up and goes back in time and gets rich. I wear my right shoe on my left foot because that's not what you think it'll be. <laughs> All right, let's hear from Nick in the UK. Let's hear what Nick has to say here. Hi, Gabe and Jason. I'm Nick from the UK. I'll keep this uh, brief enough because I'm focusing on the positives. I like the destination. I like where we end up by the end of the movie. But I did not like the journey. Uh, for me, this goes right down to the bottom of my Star Wars list as the worst Star Wars film. I really didn't like what they did to any of the characters. I'd understand them trying to distance themselves from the George Lucas era. I wouldn't be happy about it, but I'd understand it. But what I don't understand is why they're trying to distance themselves from their own law. They were only created two years ago. 
And if this was a course correction film, then they release a Star Wars film every year. Can we not course correct over a number of films? Why are we trying to squeeze that all into one film? And then sort of spending time at a casino, which I really don't understand why that whole thing was there. Uh, And again, I think they've sort of wasted Finn, which was a great character that was introduced in the last movie, uh, on this crazy subplot that, for me, just didn't work, fell flat. Uh, So yeah, in short... There's eight great Star Wars films I do enjoy, so uh, I'm still a happy Star Wars fan. But yeah, did not like the latest instalment. Uh, I still think JJ could turn it around, but I do think he does need uh, to turn it around uh, in the final movie, especially as uh, Daisy Ridley says she's only going to play Rey one more time. They've really got to pull it out of the bag in the third movie, in my opinion. Okay, Difficult second album, I guess. Thanks, guys. All right, Nick, you know, all opinions are welcome. And, uh, you know, I got to say, though, Gabe, like um, after our full Last Jedi episode, your I mean, I went into that episode saying was Canto Boy, Canto Bite pointless. And you kind of reminding me of the the lesson of the entire movie of failure. Right. I look at that. I look at that whole that whole sequence of the movie, the whole movie differently from that aspect. And. I don't know. It enhanced the thinking of it that way. Yoda's lesson and how that implies to the entire movie. I don't know. It just made me think of the whole thing differently. Yeah. Well, and definitely Finn comes out different by the end because he starts out the movie ready to run away and only wor- he's basically only worried about Ray. And by the end of that scene and the end of the movie, he's worried about he's willing to die to save everybody um, and not just Ray. It does. It serves a purpose. But yeah, I'll be curious, Nick, if you see it again, uh, if any of your opinions change, because again, it takes a little while for people to warm up to the movie. But I think uh, over time, we'll see if your feelings change. Let's hear from Steve. Let's hear what Steve has to say. Hi, Jason and Gabe. This is Steve from the San Diego Sabres radio podcast. Longtime listener, first time caller. Wow. Just wow. Not to jump on the bandwagon, but Lucas nailed this. I've seen the film three times now. Here are some initial thoughts and reactions I wanted to get over to you guys. I saw a post yesterday, which I think bears repeating. With The Force Awakens, people complained that J.J. played it too safe and hoped that Ryan would take more risks. Well, that's exactly what we got. And yet some people are practically jumping off bridges in protest. Part of what I love about the Star Wars community, however, is that we're all very open-minded. We play with all the variety and diversity of opinions that get generated. Look at all the Snoke theories. Some of them were wildly outrageous and silly. Let's face it, Darth Jar Jar will always have a place in our hearts. So in taking risks, our friend Ryan created a non-traditional Star Wars movie. And that's a key element to what's jarring a lot of people, I think. But this movie has some long legs to it. In spite of whatever criticism there is, it's still the second biggest opening of any movie ever. Even Empire Strikes Back got a lot of bad reviews when it first came out. I think The Last Jedi is going to play out very well in the long run. Certainly, it's giving all of us fans and podcasters plenty of material to talk about for the next two years until JJ's Episode 9, and we're going to have a blast with that. No pun intended. I'm really hopeful that Ryan's efforts with this movie are going to really inspire and embolden other filmmakers, authors, and writers to continue to expand our beloved universe in some new and exciting ways. Plus, I'm even more excited now for Ryan's new 10, 11, 12 trilogy. Right, so let me dig into a couple specific points about the movie. My favorite scenes were the reunion scenes, hands down. Luke reuniting with R2, and especially the old hollow projection of Leia, 
R2's dirty trick. It touches us deeply, taking us back 40 years instantaneously. And it makes us think to ourselves, this is our most desperate hour. Help me, Luke Skywalker. You're my only hope. And then the scene we all long for, that tear-evoking scene with Luke and Leia. At all three of my viewings so far, it makes me cry in a way that's both happy and sad. I know there's some dialogue in that scene, but it's such a strong, visually emotional moment, I can barely remember what they said. Now, back to Ryan for a moment. Throughout this movie, we really see what a huge Star Wars fan he is. While he's definitely not writing this for the fans, he throws in a lot of tiebacks which fans from various areas will pick up on and appreciate. For example, there are at least two tiebacks to the recent Battlefront 2 video game, which is considered canon as we all know. First, the opening scene of the movie. As the camera pans down to the Radis in orbit over Dakar, that's the exact scene that the game's latest DLC, Resurrection, ends with. Also, in Luke's hut, there's a very quick few frames showing a compass sitting there. I believe this to be the compass he retrieved from Palpatine's observatory on the planet Pilio in the game. Then, there's Luke jumping on that tall pole, crossing the chasm, and using it to spear catch a fish. That's a direct link back to the Legends of Luke Skywalker novel. Finally, there's the Imperial Clothes Iron. I caught this even before Ryan confirmed that it was an homage to our favorite fan film, Hardware Wars. By the way, you guys did a great episode on that. People seem divided on Ryan's use of humor. I thought most of it worked pretty well. It helped lighten an otherwise very dark and desperate film where all the plans you expect to succeed end up failing. So we could, and probably will, talk at length about the humor. But for me at least, why not simply enjoy the jokes, even about Hux's mom? Maybe she'll make an appearance in the comic book soon, eh? And there's a very important thing I should bring up. Remember that Luke promised to give Rey three lessons. He only taught her two. I think this sets up Force Ghost Luke to make an appearance in Episode 9. Let the predictions begin. Now, no movie is perfect, nor did I expect this one to be. So let me touch on a couple things real quick before I wrap up. Space Leia. We could talk about how long a human body can actually survive in space, but let's face it, Star Wars hasn't always been fully grounded in what we understand as science. But back in Legends... Jedi had the ability to project a force barrier around themselves for protection or use forms of meditation to survive dangerous situations. Could this be a possible explanation? Maybe. We'll just have to see if Ryan ever comments. For now, we can headcanon it any way that works for us. That said, the visual execution of her floating back to the Radis in a very straight line as if along a wire just felt very poorly done to me. But if we consider the intent of this scene was to demonstrate that Leia had real force abilities, then we can overlook the execution and appreciate that the intent was served. That was necessary for some beats later on in the film to work properly. So I can generally swallow this pill and move along. It surprised me that Snoke died, and I'm disappointed we didn't get to know him better. Those gold robes, that flashing smile. But I have to imagine Lucasfilm wants some of these threads left loose in the moment so that they can be explored further and deeper in other mediums. Could there be a Snoke novel coming in the future? They can do a lot more with that than 30 seconds of dialogue on screen would provide us. And ultimately, I think a good movie like this will end up generating as many questions as it works to answer. Now, you may know that San Diego Sabres is a real-life lightsaber combat group. So, as the saber combat guy... I'm required to point out what I noticed as editing mistakes in some lightsaber sequences. Both Rey and Kylo had scenes where they were holding their sabers in a reverse grip. Then, there would be a cut to a new angle. But now suddenly they're holding their blades in a normal forward grip. 
I would be surprised if anyone else noticed this. I know it's a minor thing, but both me and my Battlemaster noticed it even in our first viewing, so I feel it's my duty to point it out. Right, so let me wrap this up by talking about the ending. What a touching scene, and also a very non-Star Wars traditional way of ending the film. We watch this wide-eyed little boy, somebody who represents nobody, and who's Force-sensitive, by the way. We see how he has Rose's resistance ring as he looks up to the stars. This boy embodies a new hope. Force children are still being born. Brooms are still being used as lightsabers. The rebellion lives on. So I'm looking forward to the weeks and months of material that this is creating for all of us to talk about. I'm really excited to see which areas you guys end up diving deep into, as you do. So let me wish happy holidays and happy new year to both you and all the Blast Point fans around the galaxy. May the Force be with you. Hey, all right. Oh, thank, thank you, Steve. Steve. Did you, I didn't notice, I mean, you know, you got to love Star Wars fans. I didn't notice what people holding the grips wrong on the sabers. I, <laughs> I love it, though. I was too busy holding on to my, my jaw, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I, my shirt was slowly coming up. It's like, do I take it off? My muscles are growing up like Kylo. Up next, Mario. Hey, Jason and Gabe. This is Mario from out in Vermont. Um, I hope I'm not too long-winded in this uh, voice memo, but I wanted to uh, send in my um, reaction to The Last Jedi. I was happy to hear you guys' uh, podcast. Your podcast is one of my favorites because of your love of Star Wars. Um, the first time I saw that movie, of course, I loved it. I love every single Star Wars movie. It was different. <laughs> it took me uh, a second and even a third viewing to, to fully appreciate it. But man, oh man, what a movie it is. Uh, too, too many things to, to compress into a short message. But um, I believe it uh, was... It helped to redeem The Force Awakens in my mind. I do love The Force Awakens, but I felt it was a little bit too derivative. This one felt unique and had its own personality, and I really, really loved it. Um, a couple of the standout scenes were uh, Kylo and Rey in, this, in Snoke's throne room. That whole sequence was just awesome, as well as when they uh, forced touched hands. That was touching I uh, didn't know what was going to happen the first time I saw it. Um, seeing Yoda, how awesome was that? Uh, so, so many scenes. And one of the most beautiful shots was, if I could find a way to screenshot it on my iPad, I, I would, but I, Apple has blocked that. Anyways, um, Kylo and Luke standing off on crate when they ignite their sabers, that was just a Beautiful, beautiful shot. A uh, beautiful movie. I felt it had a lot of prequel reference, references, um, influences, and um, really, really felt good about it. Um, I don't know if it has unseated <laughs> The Phantom Menace as number one in my mind. We'll have to wait till you know, the months and years go by to see how that happens, but um, it's certainly way up there. Um, don't understand the fan backlash, but hey, we as prequel lovers, we know what fan backlash <laughs> brings, and we just we roll with it because we love them for what they are. Anyways, 
keep up the great work, guys, and may the force be with you always. Also, my son just gave me a, a, a note that said he loved your episode 100. <laughs> so, anyways, thanks so much. Bye. Thank you, Mario, and thank yeah. you to your son. And yeah, it's true. You know, as uh, prequel lovers, it's it's all very similar. Yeah. We've been down this road before. <laughs> so, yeah, we've seen this before, I think. Being better than Phantom Menace is uh, it's tough. <laughs> it takes a lot to it's unseat tough. the champion. So as soon as it got done, I said, "Well, it's not better than Return of the Jedi, and it's definitely not better than Phantom Menace." I didn't pass out in the lobby of the theater after the Last Jedi. <laughs> you were semi conscious. I, I was still conscious. Yeah, I didn't have to lay down and <laughs> just out cold, which Phantom <laughs> Menace did to me. Up next is Stephanie. What has Stephanie got going on? Let's find out. Hey, Jason and Gabe. Stephanie here from Boston. Um, huge fan of the show. I have absolutely loved every episode since I started listening. Um, and I really loved The Last Jedi. Um, it was everything that I hoped it would be while also being so much more because it completely messed up my expectations in the best possible way. Um, I think that it was very bold and daring, but in the way that Star Wars should be and always is when it's at its best. And I think as a big fan of some of the more different pieces of Star Wars like Rebels and Clone Wars, I might have been more prepared for some of the ways that this movie got weird or got really unique. Um, So it didn't seem that different to me, but it blew me away. Um, And as I think about it more, I can only imagine that it must have felt similar to the way people felt when they saw Empire for the first time back in 1980 because it was probably rather a universe-shaking experience then as it is now. Um, I thought that the film was fantastic. It was really funny. It was really fun, and it was so emotional. I'm still getting over it. Um, I am both dying to see it again and have to take a little break before I do see it again to recover. Um, but I plan on seeing it again very soon. I thought that everything with all of the old characters was handled perfectly. I loved all of their development. I adored the new characters. I thought that the way the film handled Leia was fantastic. As a longtime Leia fan since childhood, I almost cried seeing her wield the force in such an incredibly awesome way. Um, That's sort of the fulfillment of a lifelong dream of mine. I don't need her to be a Jedi, but it was really cool to see her really wield the force Um, and just so beautifully done. And I loved the way they handled Luke. It was absolutely perfect, in my opinion. That ending was probably the most incredible thing I have ever seen. Um, I really just loved the whole thing. And the theater that I saw it in was similarly um, enraptured. The guy next to me was 
really my hero because he just had the best reactions to everything. And by the end of the film, I looked over and he was in a legitimate fetal position um, with his hands covering his face. And then the people right up front were actually acting like they were at a rock concert. They had their hands up in rock on signs during the best scenes and just were like bowing to the screen by the end of it. So those people were my heroes as well. Basically a fantastic film, a fantastic experience. Um, and I have to say thanks to you guys for causing me to laugh um, at the end of the big uh, Snoke defeat, Praetorian Guard defeat scene because all of the red coverings fell down and we find out that they're just sheets or something that Snoke put up there, and I started singing in my head a mournful version of the Red song that you guys always play, and then I started laughing. So thanks for that. Um, Excellent film. Truly loved it. Can't wait to see it again. Thanks for the podcast. Bye, guys. I liked Red. Red was good. Now Snoke's dead. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Stephanie. That was awesome. I think the only thing that would have made that scene awesomer if they could have used the magnifying glass to set the curtains on fire. (laughs) Or if the, 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 the shadow people set it on fire with lasers coming out of their eyes. Yeah. You never paid us, Snoke. <laughs> here's one more. Here's uh, Joe Rodrigo. Hey, Jason and Gabe. This is your uh, Twitter friend, JJ, from Northern Virginia. So here's my review. Um, Got to be honest with you. When I first started watching it, for the first half hour, maybe, maybe 20 minutes, I was sitting there wondering whether I actually really liked it. <laughs> I was actually going, do I like this movie or not? I was getting upset. It started out with when Hux and Poe were doing their little shtick, I wasn't into it. It was kind of funny at first, and then I felt like it went on a little too long. And it made me feel like, "Uh uh-oh, is this going to be, like, too comedic? But I settled in, and things started getting really good. Once I started seeing more of Luke, I was okay. And I guess we'd start right there with Luke. Anything with Luke in this movie was fantastic. And I really feel like anything they did with the Force, they amped it up to a new level. It made me feel... That made me feel great. Um, Although, the only scene with Luke, and that one little scene with Luke in R2, was all we saw of R2, and that made me upset, because he was really underused. As much as I like BB-8... BB-8 took took away took away all of his heroism that R2 usually has, and so I guess for an old school guy like me, it was hard for me to digest. But I was worried about the Porgs being too much. I was worried that there was going to be an an army of Porgs like Ewoks uh, saving the day, and I think they used them very well. Uh, and by the way, when Chewie was uh, cooking them up on the spit there I thought to myself man that looks really yummy <laughs> looks like a Cornish hen or something <laughs> it's a shame he didn't eat it maybe he did later you just didn't know um, 
I thought Snoke was fantastic. I almost felt bad that Snoke got killed, almost, because he was... I just thought that they motion captured him well, and I thought his abilities to use the dark side was fantastic. Uh, I thought Kylo was way better. Adam Driver was way better in this movie, and anything with Kylo was fantastic. I, I really thought he... He progressed in that character really well. It's his fight scenes, especially with the Praetorian Guard, with Rey, them two teaming up. And, and I got to say, that, that thing right there between him and Rey was making me think about how, how Obi-Wan and Anakin fought and also the way that he wanted her to join him, just the way that Anakin wanted Padme to join him, as well as Vader wanting Luke to join him. And it, there's so many parallels there. It was fantastic. Um, I'm not going to say anything about Leia flying because I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> it was just a little weird. So I'll just let you guys comment on it. Canto Bite, you're probably going to hate me for this because I know the way you guys love weird stuff. I wasn't really into it. I thought it looked fantastic, but I just thought those scenes were just not necessary and it ruined the pace of the movie. Um Otherwise, everything in the movie, cinematography-wise, I thought was fantastic. I thought Ryan did well with that. Um, the space battles, all that was great. Uh, Yoda. I love Yoda every way. I thought he was... I know a lot of people have been saying they, they didn't like Yoda. I don't know. I thought he just made me feel like more like Empire Yoda. And like I was saying earlier, Luke's... Uh, Mark Hamill's acting in this as Luke was fantastic. And, of course, he there's nobody who acts with Yoda better than Luke. And uh, so I just love the fact that they were two, two that were together. Um, the only thing I had a problem with with Luke was that why did they have to give him the blue lightsaber when he used his force to fight Kylo? I, I just didn't understand why he didn't use the green lightsaber. I guess it was to keep us thrown off completely. Um, and I guess... Another thing about the movie that it bothered me was there wasn't many questions answered. Like, I guess we're never going to find out who the heck Lor Santeca is, but and why he knew everybody and had the the map to Luke Skywalker. But and they underused Maz Kanata and kind of wanted to know how the heck she got the lightsaber to begin with. Um. I guess it really doesn't matter why Kylo had Vader's mask in, in the, the other movie, but, but the lightsaber thing really kills me. And I guess lastly, the fact that Rey is nobody, um, maybe, she, maybe her parents were nobody, but maybe she still is a granddaughter of either Palpatine or Kenobi. Kenobi's who I'm betting on. So overall, I can't really give you my how I feel about the movie really because... I need to go see it a second time. And with two little kids, I don't have a chance to go see it right away. But I will soon. And I really need to digest it more. But um, take it easy, guys. I hope this wasn't too long. Take care. Bye. Thank you, Joe. Yeah, thank you. And thank you for asking the real important questions, which people want to know is, yeah, what's up with Lor Santeca? That's, <laughs> that's the backstory I want to hear. Which I guess we get a little bit of that in the Poe comic, right? I think so. Yeah, we did. Mm -hmm. so. No, it, I, I was wondering too why Luke didn't use his green saber. I don't know. I, maybe, like you said, it was to throw us off. I don't well, know. 
I don't know. It seemed like to me he was ashamed of that saber. Like that was his his ah. biggest shame was when he turned that saber on in anger. So it made sense to me that he wouldn't when he projects the like best version of himself, he's not going to have the green saber and he probably threw it away. That's a good idea. But I, I hope you get to see it again. You know, Joe, I hope you get another chance with it. So I feel like for maybe for some people that second time, you know, the, the, the lingering questions of um, things like where is GA 97? I know we haven't even talked about it. It's a little bit, it's, it's, it's a little it's, painful, it's, 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 yeah. but okay. we got to hear PZ talk. So that kind of made up yes. for it, right? Mm-hmm. And PZ did rescue Leia, so she got her mm-hmm. moment to shine before she got probably you. exploded. Because I can't remember, was she in the Falcon at the end? Every time I watch it, I'm like, <laughs> I gotta see if PZ's there, and I can't remember. No, I think uh, I think we lost PZ. How do I say goodbye? So anyways, here's our last Listener review, and this is from Joe Whitaker, otherwise known as Joe Two in some circles. Let's hear what Joe has to say. Hey there, Jason and Gabe, and other Blast Points listeners. It's Joe Two reporting in from good old Grand Rapids with my spoiler-free thoughts on The Last Jedi. The animals were great. I still want a crystal fox. They're just adorable and awesome-looking, and those space horse-dog things were just really fun. And as cute as the Porgs were, I wish they had more variety in their squawks. It seemed like they only had that one, and you heard it every time they cut to the island. But they did look delicious. The light speed jump was the coolest in this movie. And grumpy old man Luke is the best. I'd watch a whole movie of him just catching fish and drinking fresh green milk. I hope we get more helmeted Kylo in the future, though. I miss his distorted voice that enhanced his menace. And so many heavy things happened. And all of my expectations were basically subverted in the entire film, and I loved it. I have no clue what kind of galaxy we're going into in the next movie, and I cannot wait to see it. Keep up the great work, guys, and may the Force be with you. All right. Thank you, Joe, too. Thanks, Joe. That's the thing. What's J.J. got going on in 9? Nobody knows. Nobody. Except for Bob Iger, maybe, now. Yeah, he knows. He's already seen it. (laughs) He made J.J. give him a puppet show. All my pitches are in puppet shows. Yeah. That's why I'm a gajillionaire. Yep. That's why they hired me. So, all right, those were our reviews, our listener reviews. We thank you, each and every one of you. We appreciate it so mm-hmm. much. We thought maybe we'd get like five or six. We ended up getting 20. Yeah, thanks for taking the time to let us know what you think. And it's definitely a movie that everyone is thinking something about. It's a good time to be a star wars fan and it's just gonna keep on rolling we got what five more months and we're starting this all over again with han so good times and these last points too accurate for sand people only Imperial stormtroopers are so precise. And like we say every week, iTunes reviews, you can leave them. We'll read them on an upcoming show. And check out com. If you want a t-shirt, 
listen to the theme music, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, check all that out. And if you don't hear anything from us, we will be on vacation for the next week and a half, maybe. We'll be back in January, uh-huh. right? Tuesday, January 9th, you can expect a new episode. Seriously, enjoy your holidays, whatever you're doing, wherever you're going. Have a good time. Talk about Master Code Breaker with your family and friends. When you're at Christmas dinner, bring <laughs> up Master Code Breaker. Everyone needs to know. because You know what? And it's really important because I was talking to a friend at work and he got confused and thought, DJ was actually the real master code breaker. No. And maybe he is, but he's not the master code breaker. So don't forget. All right. Thanks for listening, folks. We'll talk to you soon. Have a good holiday. May the force be with you. Goodbye, old friend. May the force be with you. fairy tale, which I really liked because it took me on an adventure. I really understood robot R2-D2's feelings when he was scared and when he was crying. I especially liked the special effects, especially the moving monster chess figures. My favorite part was when the stars, Luke Skywalker, Princess Leia, Han Solo, and Chewbacca the Wookiee were stuck in the garbage compactor, and just as they were going to be squished, the wall stopped moving. I liked the film but there are some parts that were hard to understand, such as how a simple boy from the country can fly a spaceship and shoot a gun and hit right on target. And that Princess Lee was sure bossy. I'm Alvin Fitz from Toronto, and that's entertainment. May the force be with all of you!